I love about the altar is it's the Lord's move. It's like we we place ourselves there and then it's kind of like your move. (laughs) And we stop dictating what that's going to be. We stop saying what capacity we have for what he wants to do. Sometimes he's just so sweet. I mean, he's always sweet because you can't take goodness out of Jesus. The altar is a place where we die, but it's where we come into fully trusting. It's actually the most incredible place. To fully trust is that place of freedom on the inside that we long for. There's a relationship with Him and we get to fully trust without some sort of securities that we cling to or some boundaries we need to put in place. He's that good that we don't need them. That's crazy, eh? It's a place to fully trust, which is so healing. It's actually a very healing place to be able to fully trust, to let your guard down. It seems strange that in this posture of lordship, it's the place, the one place, till kingdom come, the one place where abuse will not be found. It will not be found here. You can let your guard down with Jesus. there's any pebble of fear on the inside it will be revealed because we're in the place where perfect love is now leading us so in this place of absolute goodness we are aware that we'll always have our hearts sifted so here we are with our hearts willingly put on the altar what a place of freedom to find yourself in that you could choose to be lost that you could choose lack that you could choose insufficiency psalm 139 verse 23 god i invite your searching gaze into my heart from a good God. I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. You get to put your guard down. Find out anything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares. This is done in oneness. This is done with the best counsellor you'll ever know. See if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious, everlasting ways. Lead me into your will, the path that brings me back to you. The most healthy, safe, satisfying place you can be is on the altar. What a paradox, hey? 
What a paradox. That in dying, we truly live. song yes Jesus loved me is always on my mind I think it's a mother thing but instead of the Bible tells me so he keeps giving me other phrases the Bible does tell us so but I just heard it in the back of my head while I was talking and I heard this dying tells me so yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me yes Jesus loves me this dying tells me so. Do you know the great thing about dying? It's what he asks from us. He says, give me a pure offering. He didn't say perfect. He didn't say blameless or spotless. Jesus did that part. He said perfect. Give me pure. That's what he said. Give me pure. Give me your truthful. Give me your honest offering. Just give me yourself. Don't hold it back and say you've given me everything. Don't portion it out in your understanding. He says, give me a pure offering. Just, just give me it. Just give me the package of you. It can feel like a real weepy place on the altar. I've been weepy for weeks. It's not a sad place, it's a weepy place. (laughs) Because I think it's just a revelation place. You're constantly revealed of how you've lived your way and it wasn't his. And so there's just a place of repentance constantly at the altar. It's a lot of sorry. But it's like, isn't repentance great? I feel, I feel replenished with repentance. I feel purged. I feel refreshed with repentance. And so it's weepy, but it's really like, oh, I'm not stuck any longer. I'm not lying to myself any longer. I'm not thinking I'm awesome when I'm tripping up, actually, all the time. It's a really good place. So weepy can be, seem, this can seem so somber, but it's actually because it's holy. True joy, true joy, not, not, not the pursuit of happiness. True joy is in discovering a new thing about him and seeing a new understanding and a new revelation of him. Joy can't be found apart from him. This is the only way to find joy, is the altar. So I'm, I'm weepy, but paradoxically, I'm very joyful. No? Isn't that strange? It's not like, ha, ha, happy. It's like, free. If you're looking for happiness, you'll possibly be stumbling upon a counterfeit and find it hard to understand that joy feels a bit different. 
It's a liberating feeling on the inside. It's like you've just eaten the most nourishing thing. Which is interesting because the joy of our Lord is the strength of our heart. It's like fuel. It's like, Arr! Repentance leads to joy. Dying leads to joy. I don't think we need to take much longer. I think it's really good to be in the revelation. But if it's any um, boost of confidence for this morning, I had a few notes down on stuff I've been sifting. Are you okay with me still sitting? Are you okay with me still sitting? Would you like me to stand? You're fine? I feel like I'm just talking to my homies. Is that okay? We were... um, Can you keep playing? It's so good. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, worship team. This year has been a strange friction for me uh, in worship, in the prayer room. Um, I've been trying to figure out what it is because um, if it just leads to frustration, that's not really, that's just my soul's interpretation. Um, So we've we've been talking, we've been discussing, we've been feedbacking, but there's places we went in the old building. My husband's so tall, I f- he just officially sat down and now I can't see everyone. <laughs> we, we, in the old building, does everyone remember the old building? Who was here back then? Yeah, and we termed it the well. Do you remember we used to call the space where we just entered in with the Lord, it was called the well. And so such a deep place of intimacy and drinking and it was ridiculous, eh? Back in the day... We have some glorious back-in-the-day stuff. So we moved to this new place, and it's actually a very simple thing, but like what do we call the buildings is a simple question. This is the chapel, and those are the ablutions, and we have this new hall being renovated, which I think is a bit of a parallel for us. I think we're going through a, a beautiful renovation of our understanding of our identity as a church, understanding that our first calling is prayer, Above being a builder and a paver and a mum and a dad, person in finance, person in personal training, above being a missionary, above being an apostle, above being a, pe- a prophet, above being a teacher, is being a person of prayer. Our highest calling is to have a conversation with Jesus and to have him speak back. Um, you are the temple and you are your own priest. There is not me who's more anointed to hear God than you. You're the priest of your own temple. That's why you get to lay down on the altar with your heart, because you're the priest. And we're having a bit of an overhaul. We're having a renovation party at the moment while we're renovating. And so we're like, well, we could just call it the well, because that's our history. And then that didn't feel right. So we're like, the hall. I mean, that's pretty, the hall. I mean, it doesn't matter what we call it. But sometimes having a name establishes some sort of understanding of what the Lord's leading us in and and our own identity as a body. The last few weeks, we've just had so much yielding and worship. And then this feeling like the worship isn't, this is going to really do wonders for the religious mind, but that it wasn't pleasing. 
It's only been this year that I've sensed in my spirit it's not pleasing to him. You can't mock God with a half offering and call it worship. But somehow in his kindness, it wasn't so loud before when we came where we were at with our own understandings and our own denial and our own pain. And we just did what we always did. We didn't sort of calculate it as much, but there's something about this place where he's saying, give a calculated offering, give an honest offering. And if it's not honest, it's not pleasing any longer. Is that okay? I mean, he is God, so I guess that's kind of, it's actually all right. But I don't mean that as a standard of person. I don't, I don't mean, again, it's not about perfection. It's about a, give a pure offering. Give, give him all praise or don't, but don't say you are and not really do it. Don't give him religion and say it's acceptable because it's what's comfortable to you. It's been so frustrating to figure out that he can actually not be pleased to the point like I'm like, why do we come on a Sunday? Because it's mockery. It's, it's either worship or it's not. It's been really strange. <laughs> it's been really strange to feel the sifting in our community. That's probably a very severe sifting. Um, remember that you can never remove goodness from Jesus. It's a very good sifting. But I feel like he's like, yes. And, and just this week, it was just this conversations going around. There's been intercession that's happened and the picture's constantly on an altar. And I was like, I think he's saying to this body, the identity shift we have at this moment, the foundational shift we're experiencing, the renovation that's going on is because though the well is part of who we are, we're becoming the altar. And so now we don't just pursue him for a sense of sanity in our day or pursue him for peace in our day and pursue him for our portion. We now pursue him for his will. If you come to an altar, it's actually about what he desires at the end of it. It has nothing to do with your plan at all. And if we check ourselves, it's as daily, constantly, but if we check ourselves, even in the wholeness journey, some of that has a bit of pride attached to it where we get to come out of it going, we're becoming more whole, we're more successful at this Christianity thing, we're more, we're more stable at home, there's good fruit, so there's more peace, I, I feel more like a success in, in life, I'm achieving something, and he's saying, can you do wholeness for me? Even if I might lead you back into things you would never want to go back into for someone else. Would you do, would you do pain again for me if I asked it of you? Like there's a whole place where if we understand him wrongly could seem terrifying. But if we understand him rightly is actually an honor and a joy and a privilege. And we've possibly been capping the move of the spirit according to our God, which is comfort or pain, like we make our choices according to what's least painful. He doesn't want that offering, he wants a pure offering. I think he's asking us to check our intentions when we come before him. Are we coming before him for blessing? Are we coming before him for all the things he's already told us he's going to give us? Blessing is part of the deal. 
But are we coming before Him and are we becoming like Him for us to feel better about our lives or are we coming before Him and becoming like Him for Him? And that has a whole lot of mystery to it. It's whatever His will is, whatever that looks like, whatever He wants to open that we've always had shut down, whatever He wants to reach that we've never had compassion for before, wherever He wants to go that we don't feel we have capacity for, for Him. If you really sit there and look at yourself in the yes position, yes, God, yes, God, you start to taste freedom you've never tasted before. The fact that you can say yes is strange. Even if, if you're in a hard season right now and you hear a yes, it's like an amazing, empowering feeling to hear your yes. Isn't that kind? The Holy Spirit just empowers our yes. If you keep hearing your yes, you're going to start hearing yeses to things even a week ago, a month ago, you would never have had the courage for. He does dream beyond our understanding. He has thoughts and ideas that are beyond our scope of awesome. And I think we, even in our own self-identity, have capped ourselves as this is about as much as I'll ever be able to achieve in my capacity or in my bravery or in my setup. And he's got a new line. Not a line that you do alone and it's traumatic, it's a line that you do in wisdom and with friends. But I think he's asking if he can call the shots and are we willing to just give a pure offering? Somber but joyful. Yeah. It's amazing how he's equipped us for the next revelation of this is actually how we always should be living but how how he has equipped us with so much tools from Elijah house and stuff you know that you can sit and hear the Lord speak to you and you go oh that just revealed an area that produces panic on the inside and then we get to go cool well I have some tools to deal with that instead of well I'll shut that down and I'll just obey anyway and I'll shut my heart off and I'll do the religious obedience act we have a way to come raw before him and remain raw because he's given us tools he's not asking us a step forward without tools he's actually set us up to do this with our hearts open the whole time if it if if coming into lordship if coming into obedience exposes anything of abuse or religion or anything like that in your heart we have we have tools now we have support now we have a way that you can do that with your eyes open and your heart open it doesn't need to result in i have to obey so i have to shut down or I, we actually have ways to do this open corporately happens if it's happening at home I can't really lead it in this way it has to happen at home it has to be an understanding that my day was a success I had a lovely day because I was with Jesus not that Jesus was with me he's always with us he's always with you you might not sense it and it might be a victory point that you can feel it but the reality is my day was great today because I was with Jesus True success is the oneness with him, the priestly function. Jesus came as a king, riding on a donkey. Hosanna the king, they recognized him as king and he went into a temple and he called this temple a house. It's his house, it's where the king lives. And he says this house will be called a house of, 
I think if it's his main job, it can be ours too. I think we can consider it holy enough. I, th I think, I don't think we need anything glamorous. I think a humble job is fine. Any person, even a three-year-old, can be a person of prayer. Isn't that great? We don't have to know a lot. We can just be people of prayer. Man, I'm looking forward to the discussions around this one. Let's start looking it up. If you're a Bible lover, can you start looking up scriptures to do with the altar? Do it. Pursue it. Try and understand if this is the identity of our community, that we're going to be people willing to put our hearts on the altar, that we worship with an altar in mind, not just a entertainment in mind or glamorous positions of influence in mind or watching other people celebrate Jesus in mind, that we would be willing on the altar people. What does that mean? Is that all right? Do, I, do, do you feel like, or do you feel like, because both are okay, they're revealers. Do you feel that you know what to do with either one? That's probably the most important thing. Do you know what to do with what you're feeling on the inside? Talk to a friend, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal and lead you. He's such a good leader. He's the shepherd of your soul. He's the shepherd of your soul. He'll lead you through the revelation of this community, where we're going. But it's an identity shift, so it should have a nice squirm, a good little, oh, oh, a bit of a shift, a new outfit. Is that all right? Yeah, we, uh, we caught up this week, just as a leadership, and well, as we do every week, but in particular, just to like discuss some of these things is we really feel like God is doing something uh, and obviously the preparation from the last few months and what we've been teaching on um, and uh, you know God is always up to something um, but you feel there's significant moves and I guess we don't say that to try and um, inspire you um, you know because that kind of thing is like oh, God's doing a new thing we're all like get excited so get involved people and um, but it's really a, a sense of um, okay, Lord, like you're doing something and we want to be prepared. And so that's the thing. It's the preparation for, the, for what God wants to do. Uh, not even so much about what he's going to do. Uh, our responsibility is, you know, as we say, faithfulness. His is fruitfulness. And, um, but it's been, a, I've just felt a significant shift in my heart um, just this last couple of weeks. And uh, I won't go into all of that, but... Um, but good things, but one of the, a couple of things, I just pulled out the paper that I wrote on, um, that we discussed, and I'm sorry if you already covered it, but, uh, but yeah, uh, seeking, I'll just read what I said, um, making me like Jesus, so this is often the thing where sometimes we can pursue a good thing, but even a really good thing, like becoming like Jesus, like you think, well, how can that be bad? There's nothing bad about the pursuit of being like Christ unless it's unto me rather than unto Jesus. I could seek healing and restoration for my, for my broken, wounded heart and deal with all of the sin in my life, but I can do that unto me rather than unto Him. And yet we're supposed to live unto Him so that I would pursue 
wholeness and healing and restoration of my heart, that I would uh, choose to, to walk in holiness and purity, not because it benefits me, but because it blesses Him. That's His desire. You know, prayer being something that, you know, okay, so we pray unto something. So like, well, we've got to pray so that God does a greater thing than what He would have done if we didn't pray. Uh, and there is a, a dynamic of prayer, but I think prayer is unto prayer. Well, why do we pray? Because that's what it looks like to, to be a Christian, is to be in that intimate fellowship and communion with the Father. That's why His house, which is us individually and us corporately, is a, it's, a, it's a place of communion. It's a place of prayer, interaction, and that's, that, that's the goal. I, I picked up a little old book from the um, a book sale yesterday, and, and it talks about, you know, that the Bible says that prayer can move mountains, and, uh, but so can dynamite. Um, so it's like, but is that kind of the thing? Is that, oh, so we should pray. But then I've also got all of these ways that also work in the natural. So what's my incentive to pray if I can kind of figure it out on my own? And I think sometimes that's kind of how we live. Um, but the prayer isn't just to move the mountain. The prayer is the, is the outcome as well. For me, I felt this shift in my, in my heart and in my life. But coming to that place to say, I feel the necessity of prayer and that's what I've longed for is not to feel the conviction to pray you know to feel oh guilt I'm not praying enough but the necessity of prayer and not in a way that benefits me but that benefits him and what he desires and what he wants and to step in and to live in that kind of place and that becomes that compulsion to like well I I, I have to talk to him I have to be with him because if if I'm not then Nothing works properly. I'm not supposed to be building my life. You know, Paul says, Galatians 2.20, I've, you know, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me in the life that I now live. I live unto Him. Like it's, it's all for Him. This life that I have lived, this healing that I've received. You know, we do a larger house and get prayer ministry and I get set free from judgment against my parents or bitter, all this sort of stuff. And it's like, awesome, I'm free. Unto what? It's got to be unto Him. I'm more free for you, Jesus. I'm more free for you, Jesus. I'm more healed for you, Jesus. I'm more able for you, Jesus. I'm, I'm more awakened to you, Jesus. I'm more able to hear and to receive and to commune and to bless and to love. That's the ultimate outcome of everything that God does in us. He does for Himself. Which doesn't make Him selfish, it makes Him righteous. Because He is the only one who is deserving of the reward of your restored life. It, it feels like there's a significance of what God's doing that's more than what we've ever experienced before. But I, I think it's probably going to look different. It's, it's that weird thing of like feeling like we're coming into rest and yet He's going to do significantly more. Like our response is going to be more significant in the doing of less, if that makes sense. Not in just like rest. Oh, I'm not going to do anything, but I'm going to come and enter into His rest. It's going to be like we're just going to 
pray more and He's going to do more. <laughs> We're going to rest more and He's going to work more um, because we've been diligent in the preparation of what He wants. So He's like, cool. So I think oftentimes God just wants us out of the way because <laughs> He doesn't want to bowl us over. So it's like, it'd be really great. I, I love your heart. I love you so keen to, you know, to do all this stuff for me, but it's my agenda. It's my will. I just need you just to hop out of the way. Let daddy come and do what he needs to do. And we don't know what that looks like. I mean, we're, we're, we're in this place. We're on this land. We're saying, well, God, you, you're doing something because we haven't done it. We haven't, you know, kind of revved it up or we're just trying to be obedient. But, uh, and I do think that's something that we're learning is, is active response, not passive response to the Lord. Um, and I'm saying all of that because I, like, I feel like I'm not trying to convince you. So I feel like you're here because you're already like, yeah, yeah, it's good. But, you know, sometimes it's like, uh, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a heavier response to what God's doing. Um, and so to, to understand that it's, it's under something, like we're not just, yeah, yeah, we're not, we're not crazy people for the sake of being crazy. I, I don't, I find myself quite a normal kind of laid back person in general. Uh, and yet we're in this kind of crazy, like, yeah, we're not, everything that goes on when we're, when we're dancing, when we're coming and putting our face down on the rug, and it's like, it's, um, you might be thinking, that's so weird. It's like, yeah, it is. Like, but we all think that. <laughs> we're not a bunch of, you know, like weird people think they're normal. We're like, no, no, that's not normal. Um, like, we get it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, but Lord, if you're doing weird stuff, we're on board. Like, so, and I'm sure it's only going to get weirder. Um, but it's like, okay, Lord, yes, Lord. You know, like we're not, yeah, we're not trying to be weird. Um, that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Paradox Church, we're not trying to be weird. <laughs> we're working on the new, on the new, a refresh of the website so we could have that. That's it. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to be weird. That's the, that's the reality. Um, but that's, you know, I think from the beginning is just to be, well, let us be that people that will just be whoever God wants us to be and go wherever He wants us to go and do whatever He wants us to do. Uh, and the freedom that comes from that for us, but for Him to move. And uh, yeah, we're, we're just excited about that. But um, yeah. Cool. We don't want you to feel bound to the altar. So if it doesn't feel like it's for you, that's okay. You don't need to come. But it just feels like where we're going. So if you hear language like that, it's because that's, we feel like we need to be obedient to that. All right? Is that all right? Yeah. We don't like the weirdness. We don't like the hardness either. Like, this is a really hard. I, I was telling someone to send. I often, often we have this conversation. It's like, oh. Wow, like, yeah, like people would just prefer us to leave them alone in their sin and their brokenness. Like, oftentimes, like you get that, it's like, oh, you know, but, but, but we can't. Uh, and, and it is because we love and we care, um, but because it's like, well, what, what's, the, what's the point in doing all of this if God isn't doing it? Like, what a waste of time and energy. Like, 
Sunday morning sleep-ins. Woo! Like, that's... That'd be better. Like, but it's this, so it's the thing. It's like, you know, if we're going to cost ourselves, we might as well really cost ourselves. You know, it's like getting half a tattoo or something. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, what's the point in that? You know, you're going to go through the pain. You might as well finish the job. Um, that's a bad analogy, I'm sure, but... Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I won't think of another analogy after that one, but um, yeah. Awesome. We love you guys. So, Papa, everything that's been said in the open, we know that we are under your covering. And, Lord, we just pray right now that you would bind us to your heart and that we would hear truth from your heart, not through fear or through... um, any other voice that might distort or um, torment, Lord, we just, we just thank you for a clear connection with your heart to be able to hear your revelation even throughout today and this week that you would draw us um, fully into your plan, fully onto your path, that we would be fully present in, in what you're doing, that there would be no lukewarm, there would be no half-hearted offering, that you would have our hearts one in clarity this week, in clarity this week, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Jordan, amazing.